Hello, thank you for checking out this episode of The Wire Podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Thomas Smith, and we're going to be making our predictions for each major award for the upcoming NFL season. We're going to be making our predictions for the Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, the Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, the Comeback Player of the Year, the Coach of the Year, and lastly, the MVP. We're going to be talking about a lot of players in today's episode. It's a good one, so get your snacks ready, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I'm here today with Thomas Smith. And on the last episode that we did together, we talked about the AFC. And we talked about literally every team in the AFC. We also did a similar episode with every team in the NFC. uh, Just kind of previewing what we expect from every team in the NFL this season. And in that episode, I promised that we would be back um, soon for an episode where we would predict the winners of each award for the 2023 NFL season. We're doing that today. We're going to talk about every award that's, you know, the the awards for the rookies, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, offensive and defensive player of the year, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, and the MVP. Um, Hopefully I didn't miss any awards there, but we're going to be doing that today. Thomas, I'm excited to have you with me. Yeah, dude, me too. I'm super excited. And just to like preface before we get into this. Uh, I was I saw Ryan's um, picks for all of these before I actually submitted mine, and so what I tried to do was unless I was just in 100% agreement with him on an award, I tried to pick someone different. So there are some that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of agree with Ryan, but I tried to pick someone different just because it was a close toss up. So we'll have lots and lots of guys to talk about for these awards. Yeah, yeah, there were some awards where I was like, oh dude, I think that I think this guy's a great chance, and I was like, oh man, I think this guy's a good shot too. And I was like coming up with like eight names for one award. So yeah. there's a lot of great players in the NFL. Um, so I'm excited to go ahead and dive into this. And we can get started with the offensive rookie of the uh, rookie of the year award, and I'll let I'll let you get started. Who's your number two? Yeah, so like my runner up, I have Bryce Young. Um, if it weren't for my number one, my winner, I would think that Bryce Young has a really good shot to win it. Um, he's probably in the best position out of all the quarterbacks to have success in year one, in my opinion. He's got a good offensive line around him. The receiving room is questionable for sure, but the defense is. Got some pieces as well. Mainly just like the offensive line is what I'm worried about, especially for rookie quarterbacks. Like if you have a decent offensive line around you, you have a chance to to be successful. And so with Bryce Young, I feel like he has the highest chance out of the rookies to have success in year one. So he is my runner up. Who do you have for yours? Yeah, my runner up was Jameer Gibbs. My one thing with Bryce Young, I wanted to mention with okay. him is that like I don't I wonder when he's gonna play. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I know their general manager has said that he may not start right away. Yeah, which I don't which really I understand. But yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, it could be Andy Dalton. I'm just yeah hoping for the the Justin Herbert trajectory. Maybe Andy yeah. Dalton will have uh, you know get like what what happened to Tyrod Taylor? Did his rib, oh yeah, did he get his ribs broken? Was that what it was? So it was. I don't remember what week it was, but. Before the game, he was getting an injection, and yeah. it punctured his lung. It punctured his lung. That's, That's what, what happened. And that happened, like, pre-game, like, yeah. right before the game. And then Justin Herbert just had to step <clears throat> in and one rookie of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was crazy. Maybe so, that'll happen with Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And Anthony Dalton is a good quarterback. Like yeah. last year, he had a good year, good season. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they rolled with him. Yeah. And Bryce Young started like maybe from week four and on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if that's the case, I do think that hurts his chances. But for I sure. do, I do like that pick. Yeah. So for me, for my runner-up, I had Jimmy or Gibbs. Okay. Um, great player. Yeah. You know, he he's a dual threat. He can run, can catch. I think he's one of the best receiving prospects or receiving prospects um, in terms of running backs right. that we've seen since, like, McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, just a historically great receiving back. Um, and I think he's going to have a great chance to play year one. I know that the Lions signed David Montgomery. Um, but I think that, like, they obviously love him. Like, if, you, if you've seen yeah. the clip of their war room after they drafted Jameer Gibbs, you know how much they love the guy. Oh, they're ecstatic. They're ecstatic about him. And they, they love him so much, and they were willing to trade um, DeAndre Swift uh, for a fourth-round pick to get him out of there. So I think Jameer Gibbs, I think they're in love with Jameer Gibbs. I think they're going to use him in all sorts of ways as a rookie. I think he's going to be super impactful as a receiver. And that offense is very good. Last yeah. year, their passing attack was one of the best in the NFL. And I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to get a lot of opportunity year one. And he's a great player, so I think he's going to make make the most out of his opportunities. Um, and I, I think he would have a great chance of winning the award if all, both of our number ones uh, did not exist. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I like Jimmy Gibbs a lot, and I think he'll have a good shot at winning offensive rookie of the year. He was a guy I definitely considered. Um, I didn't put him up there just because I did want to talk about Bryce Young as well. Um, but with Jameer Gibbs, the only concern I have is that they have signed David Montgomery and that I do think he'll get a lot of like the, the goal line touches where he'll probably have more rushing touchdowns and that kind of stat over Jameer Gibbs. But Gibbs has a good chance to, you know, break like 500 yards receiving as a rookie running back. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they use him in the passing game because they're not going to have Jamison Williams. Because he's suspended for I think I believe six games. Yes, I think for the, so. for gambling. Um, and outside of him, they don't really have a, a lot of great, you know, great pass catchers with experience. Right. They have they have obviously Amon Ross St. Brown, but other than that, like a lot, they don't have a lot of talented receivers who have experience. Yeah. They're gonna I think they're gonna rely heavily on Sam Laporta Sam and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. And like Sam Laporta was a guy. I considered for the offensive rookie of the year, yeah. but a tight end has literally never won the award. Yeah, so. it's and tight ends just don't typically have a lot of success as rookies. It's yeah. just not something that typically happens. But yeah, all right. So moving on to our winner. Yeah, we this both is, have the same yeah, winner. This is one of the awards where we have the same winner, and that is Bijan Robinson, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I mean, he just has the most clear path to have the most volume out of any of the rookies. Like, he's going to get so many touches. I mean, yes, the Falcons have Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, but they are not Bijan. They drafted Bijan with a top 10 pick. They're going to have to use him like they drafted him in the top 10. Uh, They have a probably, I mean, it's a top five run-blocking offensive line with the Falcons. And so he's just in position to have great success as a rookie. And we're talking about a guy who's been talked about as the best running back prospect since, like, Saquon, or even some people are saying the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. So he should have a lot of success year one. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Bijan is a historically great running back prospect, amazing as a runner and a receiver, and he's in a great situation. 
Um, Tyler Algier had an awesome uh, rookie season, but the Falcons seem to love Bijan. I think he's going to be the guy there. I think he's going to get a ton of carries and a ton of catches. Um, and like you said, they have an elite uh, run-blocking offensive line. That's going to make things even easier for Bijan. Um, so I think that he ha- he's in the best position to succeed out of all the rookies uh, sure. from the jump. I just think he's going to get all the opportunities. Obviously, he's a great player. And I, th- I just... I think he's in a great spot to have a lot of success and to be super productive right off the bat. So I think I think he is the easy choice uh, for the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. Now moving on. So um, for each of the, these awards, we're, we're both going to name a, a runner-up, the winner, and some sleepers. So who is your first sleeper? Or who is your one sleeper? So I really just had one sleeper for this one that I came up with. I know you'll probably have a couple to talk about. But for me, I wanted to talk about Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Um, he was a second-round draft pick at Ole Miss. So I would consider, like, sleeper guys typically to be non-first-rounders. I do, for our defensive rookie of the year, I do have some first-rounders in the quote-unquote sleeper category. But... For Jonathan Mingo, he's a second-round wide receiver out of Ole Miss to the Panthers, um, and their receiving room is just very weak. Um, I would say their number one receiver is probably DJ Chark, and then they also have Adam Thielen and a couple other guys like Shy Smith and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. So it's just a weak receiving room, and it feels like Jonathan Mingo could – you know, step in and immediately build some chemistry with a fellow rookie, another person that I just talked about, which is Bryce Young. And, you know, eventually once Bryce takes over, maybe, you know, they have like a re- really good chemistry and he's just feeding Mingo. So it was, he was a guy that is kind of a deep sleeper for me, just like, but out of all the um, receivers, honestly, out of all the receivers that were taken, it felt like he had the clearest path and the easiest path for a lot of targets and receptions. Yeah, I like that pick as a sleeper, I think. Um, like you mentioned, like a, a lot of the top receivers in this in, in this year's draft went to not necessarily bad situations, but to situations where they're they're likely not gonna have a lot of opportunities yeah, they're just like right off the bat. Buried behind other really good receivers. Yeah, like Jackson Smith and Jigba went to the Seahawks where he's playing behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like, he's just not going to get that many opportunities right. year one. Same thing with, like, Zay Flowers, buried behind Odell and Rashad Bateman. And so, Mark Andrews. Yeah, and, so, yeah like, exactly. And then, like, Quentin Johnston is behind Mike Williams yeah. and um, Keenan Allen. Allen. Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of the top receivers in this year's draft just went mm-hmm. to tough situations to be productive right off the bat. Yeah. So I like that pick. For me, um, I have one deep sleeper, or one, not, I don't want to say deep sleeper, but one guy who's, like, actually a sleeper, but the first name I wrote down was Anthony Richardson. Um, I think he's going to play week one. I think he's, I think he's going to start the whole year, um, and I think that he's going to be more productive than people re- think. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he's going to be super productive as a rusher. I think, I, like, seriously believe that the Colts could have one of the best run games in the league this year just because they have Anthony Richardson. Jonathan Taylor, um, and they have a talented offensive line. If the yeah. offensive line performs like they should, uh, their their run game could be insane. Yeah, like this season, um, there are going to be some bumps in the road. He's not going to be perfect. The decision making is probably going to be questionable at times. The accuracy might be shaky, uh, but I think he can be a lot better than people think. Um, <clears throat> my one guy who who is like 
actually a sleeper for the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year is Josh Downs. Uh, his who teammate. Is, who is Anthony Richardson's teammate. Um, I think he's going to be an awesome slot receiver. Um, I think he can be really good right away. Um, he was awesome in college. Um, he's just an incredible slot receiver. Plays way bigger, way bigger than he is. My one question about him is, you know, <clears throat> what's the opportunity going to look like in Indianapolis? Right. Because right now he's listed as a backup behind Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, and Isaiah McKenzie. So how yeah, many opportunities is he going to get? He'll start over over Isaiah McKenzie. I, I would hope. I feel that he'll win that slot job. Maybe. And in all, all the reports coming out of, you know, rookie camp are that we're, like, he's killing it. Like, every tweet I've seen about Josh Downs has been awesome. So hopefully he does get a lot of opportunities uh, year one. And if he does, I think he's going to yeah. make the most of it. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys sort of similar to like Elijah Moore's rookie year where it was like, okay, first few weeks, like, okay, we're not seeing a lot of this guy. But then it's like the last, you know, five to six weeks of the season. It's like, oh, this guy's so good. Can't wait to see what happens in year two. Yeah. I feel like that could, that is kind of Josh Downs trajectory in my head. Yeah. But, and I, th- I think he's, a, I think he's a great mode of receiver to win this award because yeah. he, he's like a slot receiver who can carry a large volume of targets. Oh yeah. So, like, the numbers could be great, and if you're a voter and you're just, like, looking at, like, you know, total, like, counting stats, and he, and he has a ton of receptions and yards, like, I think voters may be like, ooh, this guy is interesting. Maybe we should take a deeper look. Yeah, for sure. All right, now we can move on to the Defensive Rookie of the Year, and I'll let you get started with, with your runner-up. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. My runner-up for this award is Devon Witherspoon or Devin Witherspoon, however it's pronounced. I still haven't. Figured it out. I think the commissioner on draft night said Devin Witherspoon, if I remember correctly. Okay. I think. But, I don't know. I feel like the way it's spelled is Devon. Whatever. Yeah. Witherspoon, corner from Seattle. He was the fifth overall pick uh, out of Illinois. Considered the top corner prospect. Um, for him, he is going to be opposite of Tariq Woolen, who he himself had an incredible rookie season last year. Uh, did he lead the league in picks, I think? I'm trying to remember. I don't know for sure. Um, that kind of sounds right. Yeah, he was up there. If he didn't lead the league, he was up there. Um, and so I just feel like now that Tariq Woolen is kind of established as like, oh, there's that ball hawking corner, I think Devon Witherspoon's going to see a lot of balls come his way, and he's going to have op- an opportunity to – to have a really good stat line with seeing a lot of balls come his way. And so I, to me, he was my runner up. Um, I think he should be able to have a really good season, especially just being opposite of a guy like Tariq Willen. Yeah. I really like that pick. And I like, I like what you said, you know, considering that he's playing next to a guy like Tariq Willen, who mm-hmm. has already proven to be a ball hawk. I think that's a really good point. Um, and I looked it up. So Tariq Woolen was tied with four players last year with six interceptions, okay. which led the league. And that was C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Justin Simmons. I feel like it's a low interception total for leading the league. Yeah, that that does that does seem low, a little bit low. But yeah, I like that pick that pick a lot. It's really hard for corners to win an award like yeah. this because you just have to be super productive. Absolutely. And if you're a lockdown corner, you're usually not going to get that many targets. Yeah. Or, or maybe your production looks worse well, than you actually are. That's the thing with, like, Sauce. Like, Sauce Gardner, who actually was uh, won the award last year, his stats are not, like, crazy, but it's, like, the tape. I mean, he's yeah. locking guys down. 
Yeah, like his interception total wasn't very high. Um, And, and, you know, maybe voters will get smarter about that, or maybe voters are just going to look at interceptions, and if if Witherspoon can rack up a bunch of interceptions as a rookie, you know, maybe he'll he'll be able to to contend for this award. So my number two was Will Anderson Jr. Um, Will Anderson Jr., great edge rusher prospect. Um, the, the Texans traded up to get him in this year's draft and what was just a mind-boggling move, in my opinion. They couldn't believe they, they made that decision. Wild trade uh, to give up your 2024 first-round pick um, and even more to get him. So they obviously love him. And he's going to be like the guy on that defensive line, um, in my opinion. Um, and I think that he'll be in a, a great position to, to put up a lot of numbers year one, and he's super talented. He's going to start right off the bat, um, and I think that he'll be great as a run defender, and I think he'll be really good as a pass rusher. I think, you know, maybe early on his specialty will be run defense, uh, but if he can rack up a, a nice number of sacks, I think he'll he'll easily be in contention for this award. Yeah, and that's a good segue into my winner, because my winner is actually Will Anderson Jr. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I think he's going to be a guy that's if he's not a double-digit sack guy, he'll probably you know be like an eight, nine sack guy. Um, he's just gonna have. I, I feel like a lot of the times, the top drafted edge rusher just wins the award. Yeah, a lot of times that's what happens. Eyes are gonna be on him. It's gonna be um, a lot easier for voters to say, "Oh yeah, he was the number three draft pick," and he look stat line's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's my defensive rookie of the year. You know, and so. I, I, I do expect him to have a good season, too. He's a talented pass rusher, uh, though not as talented as, like, the best edge rushers that we've had in previous classes. Yeah. But still a talented pass rusher. Um, expe- I expect, like, somewhere between, like, eight and ten sacks for him. Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised if it was bad. Now, I don't think that he'll be, like, elite right off the bat. Oh, for sure. Because I was lower on him than a lot of people were prior to the draft. A lot, I, I know a lot of people saw him as, like, Maybe potentially a generational prospect. Yeah, no. And I just didn't see that in him. I just don't think he's like explosive enough as an athlete to to deserve that title. But he is very good all around. Like his run defense is great, and so um, I think he'll have a good rookie year, even if the sack totals uh, don't reflect that. Um, yeah. Like I think he's a guy that's going to be better on the field than he is on the stat sheet. If you're just looking at you know sacks, tackles for loss, stuff like that. Um, so I think he's going to be. Uh, really good as a rookie, even if he isn't elite. And my winner was Jalen Carter. Okay. Um, I was when I was picking my winner for this award, I was considering Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter as my winner. Um, and Jalen Carter, I think Jalen Carter is just a better player than Will Anderson. Um, that's one reason why I lean more towards Jalen Carter. Um, I also think one thing that gives Jalen Carter an advantage is that he is playing alongside better teammates. Um, I think there's a chance that, that opponents will be able to kind of zero in on Will Anderson uh, when they're, you know, game planning and, and in terms of how they're setting up their blocking scheme. With Jalen Carter, he's not going to face that because he's playing next to Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Josh Sweat. And also, the backups on the Eagles' defensive line are also good. So I think that he's going to face a lot of, or he's going to play a lot of snaps where he's going one-on-one. Yeah. Against the guard, and in those in those like on those plays, he's gonna eat. He's gonna destroy his opponents. 
because he's just too good. He's too explosive, too strong. Um, it is going to be harder for a defensive tackle to win this award than an edge rusher because it is easier to produce as an edge rusher than a defensive tackle. Uh, but I think I don't think that's a big problem with voters. I mean, we've seen Aaron Donald win the Defensive Player of the Year award a yeah. ton. Um, Chris Jones was in contention a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not impossible for a defensive tackle to contend for an award like this. And I think Jalen Carter is good enough uh, to contend for it. I, I, I think the one, the one argument or one strong argument against him is that he is playing alongside other great teammates, yeah. so it may be hard for him to be productive That was playing the, alongside them, so I think that would be the main argument against him. Yeah, that was my one holdup with putting him on my list, was just that, number one, he's an interior defensive lineman. It's it's harder to put up like paper stats as an interior defensive lineman. Uh, he's also on probably the best defensive line in the NFL, and... Not that he's going to be necessarily a rotational player, but there's a lot of guys that are going to get playing time. And he's going to have to kind of find a role. I mean, if he's as good as I think we all think he is and know that he can be, he will just be like, hey, I'm on the field all the time. And he has a good chance. I'm just worried about there being so much talent on that defensive line that he kind of just is one of those guys in the mix and is not necessarily like every down player. Yeah. And the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. Like, yeah. like literally one of the, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. they're not going to be, they're not trying to develop a rookie. They're yeah, trying no. to win games they win. and win a championship. Exactly. So that's another thing that could prevent him from being productive, especially if he, you know, has a sluggish start. Yeah. Um, let's mm-hmm. see. Talk about your, your sleepers here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've got a couple of guys that I wanted to bring up, and I know we both have one guy that we really like. Uh, I'll talk about him next, but the first guy that I want to talk about is Emmanuel Forbes, the corner um, for the Washington Commanders out of Mississippi State. Um, He was kind of a surprise pick. I think they picked him at 16. I don't think anybody really expected him to be picked that high, but he was, what, second corner two off the board? Yeah, Yeah, he's the second corner taken. Um, he's a super like long rangy ball hawking corner. And yeah. so he's just one of those guys sort of similar to with Devon Witherspoon. He's got a good chance to put up numbers, not necessarily that he's going to be like this shut down corner, but he is a ball hawk. And so he has a good chance to, to put up a high interception total, which I think is going to be something that voters look at a little more than just, you know, oh, are you locking guys down consistently? But, oh, you, well, you had, you know, six interceptions. You know, that's my defensive rookie of the year. So, I, he was a guy that I kind of had as a sleeper, albeit he is a first-rounder. I, I don't know how much of a sleeper you can be if you're really in the first round, but nobody's really talking about him for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I, um, I, w- I would say that even though he was a first round pick, he is a sleeper for this award. Yeah, because I doubt you'll hear anybody say that. Oh, for sure. That he could be in contention for it, and he's a guy that I thought about. I don't know. I don't really know why I didn't list him, but he was definitely a guy I had my eye on because yeah. he's a ball hawk. He was a ball hawk in college, and um, he should be the corner two in Washington. Yeah, I think behind Kendall Fuller. Yeah, so I he's he should start right away. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. And if he racks up a lot of interceptions, like you said, he's going to be in contention for this award. And with his play style, that's definitely possible. Yeah. 
Um, so I like that pick a lot. I Absolutely. think he is definitely a sleeper for this award. Yeah, the the next guy I wanted to talk about is a guy that we had kind of talked about in our AFC episode, and that's Will McDonald, um, the edge rusher for the New York Jets. He was also another guy that was drafted, I think, a lot earlier than people expected. But this is just like a super athletic, twitchy edge rusher um, who I think has a chance to have a lot of production on a Jets team that does have a really talented defense. Yeah, we both listed him as a sleeper, um, and I think we both are big fans of Will McDonald. Just, Mm -hmm. like you said, freak athlete, super bendy uh, pass rusher. It'll be really interesting to see how much he plays as a rookie, because I I just don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get. They have a big rotation of guys, and like if he had a clear path, to like, oh, he's gonna be a pat, like he's gonna be on the field a lot. Then I probably would have had him in one of you know like my two spot. Yeah. But that's the problem is that they have you know Carl Lawson, they have uh, John Franklin Myers, they have even. Um, I mean, they have Quentin Williams. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, the Quentin edge rushers. Jefferson. The edge rushers name that they drafted in the first round. Jermaine from Florida State. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson. They have Jermaine Johnson as well, who was not necessarily great as a rookie, but we'll see how he is in year two. So he does have a lot of guys that he's going to have to play over if he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, like their defensive line is stacked, so he may not get that many that many snaps Yeah, um, like you'd hope, but if he does, I think he could dominate yeah, year one. Sure. Um, he's just a freak athlete. So we both had him listed as a sleeper. Um, a sleeper I had was B.J. Ojolari. A super talented player, a freak athlete, kind of like Will McDonald in some ways, like just a super athletic pass rusher. Um, and he's playing in Arizona, who, if you haven't looked at their depth chart, yeah, go ahead, look at their front seven. You're back. All right, yeah, I know you just threw up. It's, it's bad. <laughs> it's rough. Not very good. Um, right now, Arlads has him listed as a backup. If that's the case... That might be a bad sign for B.J. Ojolari, yeah. but I think he could easily start because their their outside linebackers at the moment are MyJ Sanders and Cameron Thomas. I think B.J. Ojolari is good enough to start ahead of them. He should. And if, and yeah, and if he does start as a rookie, he could be super productive. Now, I know not like he wasn't this highly touted prospect coming out, um, but I think he's really good. I think he is an awesome pass rusher, has a lot of potential. Maybe he isn't productive as a rookie, um, but if given the opportunity, I think he could be. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, All right. <clears throat> now we can get uh, move on from the defensive rookie of the years and the offensive rookie of the years, and we can move on to the big boys. Oh, yeah. The, and we can start off with the offensive player of the year. Go ahead. Who's your runner-up? Absolutely. So my runner-up is actually going to be Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Chiefs. Probably the best tight end in the league. You can debate. You don't, you don't have to say probably. Yeah. To me, and he's the best tight end in the league. You can debate it if you want to talk about like, oh, well, he's not the best overall tight end. You know, he's not a great blocker. Yeah. I don't care. If you want to be wrong, yeah, you can debate it. I don't it. care. Dude's, dude could be one of the best receivers in the league if we were just talking about general receiving production. Yeah. Um. So for him this year, it, I mean, it's another year where the receiving core – 
for the Chiefs is just kind of lacking. Ever since they've lost Tyreek Hill, they just haven't had that like true number one guy. You don't really know who it's going to be this year. You know, a lot of people think it's going to be Kadarius Tony. Um, they still have Sky Moore, who they drafted last year. Also, sleeper Justin Ross, <laughs> who I've been hearing good things about. Loved him coming out of Clemson. Unfortunately, injuries for him have kind of made his career rocky. But hearing that he's playing with like the first team in training camp, so it's a good sign. Anyways, back to Travis Kelsey. He is just clearly Mahomes' number one option. And for a quarterback as talented as Patrick Mahomes and a tight end as talented as Kelsey, they're just going to put up numbers. They always do every year. So Kelsey would be my runner-up. Yeah, I love that pick. He's gonna dominate the 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 production in that offense. Like he's gonna get a ridiculous amount of targets. Yeah, and like the stats could be unreal. Yeah, remember a few years ago when he was up for the offensive player of the year with the year Devonte. I think it was Devonte Adams who won it, and I'm okay. pretty sure that he was the runner up that year. He put up unreal numbers. For like, some reason, I was thinking that he won the award a couple years ago, but maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking of the year that he was runner up. I'm pretty sure that Devontae Adams won it that year. I think you're right, because um, I do remember But Devontae yeah, like his numbers it. that year were ridiculous, and I think he could replicate that kind of season um, just because he's not going to have that, that much you know, competition for targets in that offense. Going, Getting off track here, could Travis Kelsey possibly like become the GOAT tight end at the end of his career? He could, man. Because like, his numbers are nuts. Like in, he, in his peak seasons are unreal from a receiving perspective for tight ends. Yeah, I mean, if he has, like, a few more years of, like, really good production, he's going to be statistically in very similar conversations with Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, I know right now he's still behind Gonzalez in pretty much everything. But, yeah, just because he's consistently doing it, I could see him maybe making the leap over Gonzalez and also Gronk to me. Gronk would have easily been the goat tight end if he hadn't been so injury prone to me. Yeah. But Kelsey is, Kelsey's a monster, man. I, I looked it up. He was actually apparently fourth for offensive player of the okay. year that year. Was that um, 20? It was 2020. 2020? It was 2020. Yeah, he, he had a crazy year. 1,400 receiving yards as a tight end and 11 touchdowns. Because I remember thinking that he should have won the award just because yeah. he was so much better than everyone else at his position. And oh, also, yeah. he was super productive. So I was like, it should be either Devontae Adams or Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he was so crazy that year. But yeah, back to this. Yeah, I think Travis Kelsey is a great pick. Yeah. Um, if he can replicate the production that he had in 2020, Absolutely. I think he'll be in the conversation. My number two is, in my opinion, probably the best receiver in the league, Yeah, Justin Jefferson, um, who, had, who won the award last year. That's the main reason why I didn't put him at number one is because he's already won the award. Sure. And it's going to be hard for him to replicate what he did last year because last year he had, he had I think, 1,800 receiving yards, yeah. which is ridiculous. By the way, if you want to see another all-time great player, look at Justin Jefferson's um, fo- pro football reference page. It's nuts. This dude is like on pace to, poten- to potentially be the greatest receiver we've ever seen. This dude is awesome. Um, and I think he's going to continue to be productive. Um, he doesn't really have that much competition on that, in that offense. Um, they did just draft Jordan Addison, but Jordan Addison is a rookie. Um, so there's no telling what his opportunities are going to look like year one. 
And besides Jordan Addison, like, I mean, I, they do have TJ Hawkinson. Um, I'm trying to pull up their depth chart, and I can't find the team. I'm just blind here. Um, but besides TJ Hawkinson, I don't think they have a lot of, a lot of you know, great receiving options. Uh, they're they're going to be without Dalvin Cook. So I think they're going to rely heavily on Justin Jefferson. Um, and I think he's going to put up, like, video game numbers once again. So yeah. um, it may be hard for him to, to win the award this year, considering he won it last year. But Justin Jefferson is just an all-time great talent. And I think he'll be in contention for it, for this award, for, like, forever. For sure. His, um, his trajectory on, like, his his pro football reference is kind of crazy. Like as a rookie. So essentially every single year he has added 20 catches and 200 yards to his previous season. So like as a rookie, he had like 90 catches for 1400 yards, then went up to 110 and 1600. And then last year, 130 and 1800. So if we're following the trajectory here next year, he's going to have, 150 catches and 2,000 receiving yards. Yeah. Can you possibly add up his three years? Yeah. It's, uh, so like he had on total is 4,825 receiving yards on his career so far. And he has 325 catches. How many yards per game is that? Uh, I can look, let's see. 96 and a half yards per game. I'm looking at Jerry Rice's first three years as, uh, from 1985 to 1987. Yeah. 200 total catches. 3,575 yards and 40 total touchdowns, and that's uh, 81.3 yards per game. Wow. You said and, 40 total touchdowns, though, in the first three years? Uh, receiving, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, Je- Justin Jefferson only has 25 yeah. in his first three, but st- I mean, that's crazy. And 17.9 yards per reception for Jerry Rice. Wow. Which is crazy because I think his peak years, some of them are like lower yards per reception, which is usually what you see from – uh, like more slot types or yeah. guys who are running shorter routes. So, like, yeah, he was super productive early on. And Justin Jefferson has averaged more yards per, uh, on a per-game basis than Jerry Rice yeah. through their first three seasons. It's crazy. That's how good Justin Jefferson is. Now back to the program. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my runner-up. What do you think about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, dude, he's he's great. As we said, you know, great receiver, probably the best in the game. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and, and get to my winner, who I just – Honestly, I probably would have put Justin Jefferson, but I wanted to bring some different guys into the mix so we could talk about some some different folks. Um, so I have my winner, Tyreek Kill, wide receiver for the Dolphins, who actually has won the award, hasn't he? Uh, I, believe, I don't know for sure. Um, I believe with I the actually Chiefs. Thought, so I actually thought that Tyreek Kill deserved it last year. Yeah. Um, both I, both he and Jefferson were were deserving. It's not like. It's not like Jefferson winning it was a was a crime against humanity, but I did think that Tyreek Hill uh, deserved it last year. Super productive on a really good offense while playing next to Jalen Waddle, who was also super productive. Um, and I don't think Tyreek Hill has ever won the award. Yeah, he is not. So he w- he was actually fourth for the award last year. Um, okay, so he has not won the award yet. I will say he said on his podcast. I don't know if you heard. That this year he was going to be the first two thousand yard receiver. And I'm he ready did, for it. He did say that. He said it on his podcast. Um, yeah, I was. I didn't know what to expect um, with him going to Miami, but he had his 
best season to date, probably at least in terms of receiving yards. Yeah, it was un- it was unreal. Yeah, and so I expect him to build upon this. I know, like it's it's kind of like, oh well, he's got Jalen Waddle there. I will say Jalen Waddle's a f- fantastic receiver, but a lot of Jalen Waddle's production is also coming from like, uh, well, Tyreek Hill's on the other side. Like, we're well, yeah. focus on Tyreek. Then Jalen's open. Then okay, well, let's focus on Jalen Waddle. Tyreek's open. You just can't win against this Miami offense. It's insane. Yeah. And Mike McDaniel is a great play caller. If Tua can stay healthy, I mean, you're gonna see a ton of production from Tyreek Hill. So for me, that is my winner. Um, I guess let's get into some sleepers. Uh, Actually, I gotta, I gotta oh, name my winner Oh, you got your first. winner. I'm sorry. You're good. No, you're good. But yeah, like before we get into my winner, I love the Tyreek Hill pick. I think that's a great pick. Yeah. I think he is another guy. With with a case to be the best receiver in football. Yeah. Dude's a stud. Now onto my winner. I've got uh the guy who can never stay healthy, yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Hey, last year though. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, which he did last year, he can be incredible. Um he got traded from the Panthers to the 49ers last season, and he was unbelievable in San Francisco. Um and I, I he looked like the best running back in football in San Fran. Um, they use him so well, and he was dominant at times in Kyle Shanahan's offense. If he can do that again, I think he will have a great shot at winning this award. Um, I'm not sure if he's ever won the award before. He hasn't. He was his highest finish was in 2019. He finished third in Offensive Player of the Year. He led the league in yards from scrimmage with 2,300 or almost 2,400 yards from scrimmage, and uh, yeah, he had. And that was an insane year in 2019 with Carolina. Had uh, almost 1,400 rushing yards with 15 rushing touchdowns. And then also on top of that had 1,000 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. Wow, that's yeah. crazy, 1,000 receiving yards. I yeah. wonder how many running backs have done that. That'd be interesting. But yeah, I, know, like, I know like Marshall Falk Yeah, Marshall has. Falk. I don't, I don't know how many others have. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. McCaffrey is just an awesome runner and receiver. Um, like, like I said earlier, I, I compared Jameer Gibbs to McCaffrey because they're both great receivers. Like Christian McCaffrey is an all-time great receiving back. And if he can get back to those levels of production, or if he can really just replicate what he did with San Francisco last year over an entire season, I think he's going to be in contention with, uh, for this award. Uh, just super productive, has been every time he's, every time he's been healthy, he's been incredible. So um, if he if he can get another healthy season next year, I think he'll he'll potentially win the offensive player of the year award. Absolutely. All right, so I'll go ahead and get into my sleeper. My sleeper for offensive player of the year. I actually had a. I feel like I had to kind of think hard about this one. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get a guy who is like an established star in the NFL. Um. So I actually went with Tony Pollard, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is now gone. It is Tony Pollard's backfield now. And he had a really good year last year, even having to split carries and just playing time with Zeke. I mean, last year in 2022, he had 1,007 rushing yards and nine uh, touchdowns on top of having almost 400 receiving yards, and that's essentially as the backup running back. Uh, he, he touched the ball less than 200 times, so I think you can expect that number to go way up. And, yeah, I mean, he was pretty special last year, and that was, you know, having to split the backfield. So I'm expecting a pretty big year from Tony Pollard. We'll see if it's enough to get him in the Offensive Player of the Year contention, um, but 
I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, I think that is an excellent pick. Last year, he was uh, one of the most efficient runners in the league last year. I think also as a catcher. like He's just yeah. a really productive player playing alongside Zeke. Now that he is the main guy in that offense, I think he's going to be incredible. So I absolutely love that pick. Um, now for my sleepers, I actually had two guys. My first guy was Nick Chubb. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb. Um, I know he's one of the top running backs in the league, but I think I think the the Browns could be really good next year potentially, yeah. especially on offense, um, depending on how Deshaun Watson plays. It's crazy to me that Chubb's never been in the contention for offensive play of the year. Yeah, and I mean, it, last year was actually probably his best year. I didn't even realize that. What What were the numbers? So last year he carried the ball over three hundred times, uh, which was the the most that he's ever carried the ball in his career. Is actually the only year he's had so far with over 300 carries. Yeah. Uh, and he had 1,500 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's never been like a great receiving back. It's just not his, his thing. But he had 250 receiving yards. I mean, not great, but for him, like, who's just like a pure bruising running back, solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if the Browns offense, you know, can play to their talent, um, that could be pretty good. And if they're really good, they're going to put up ridiculous numbers. And I think Nate Chubb is going to be a huge benefactor of that. I think he's going to you know, have a ton of rushing touchdowns potentially. Um, and if that's the case, if their offense is, is a lot better than it was last year, I think Nate Chubb could have a very productive season. My next sleeper was CeeDee Lamb, who had an underrated season last year. He was top, I think top six among all players in total yards from scrimmage. Um, or maybe it was total yards from scrimmage per game. I'm actually looking it up right now. Um, okay. But last year he was super productive, um, and he's he doesn't really have that much competition in Dallas. They did trade for Brandon Cooks, uh, and, and during the offseason, right? Was that during the offseason? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was during the offseason. And so they have Brandon Cooks in that offense now. Um, but still, like I think that. Um, he's going to have a great opportunity to put up ridiculous numbers once again. Um, just had a super productive season last year. He's playing in a really good offense in Dallas with a good quarterback in that Prescott. Uh, now they don't have Zeke, so maybe they they aren't going to run as much. Maybe they're going to be a little more pass-heavy. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, he was an incredible player last year. Um, super productive. And I think he actually was sixth in receiving yards per game. Um, actually, no, he was he was eighth in, in receiving yards per game. So, had a super productive season last year, um, and I think he could be even more productive next year as he develops um, and depending on how the Cowboys decide to run their offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Yep, that's it for Offensive Player of the Year. And actually, we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, we just finished off the Offensive Player of the Year award. Uh, our, our picks for the runner-up, the winner, and the sleepers. Now we're going to get into the, the Defensive Player of the Year award. And, Thomas, you can go ahead and get started with your picks. Yeah, absolutely. So my runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year is TJ Watt. Um, name speaks for itself. His brother JJ obviously was a great player, and TJ has become a great player in his own right. In the, in the span of 2019 to 2021, he finished in the top three for Defensive Player of the Year voting every single year. He won the award in 2021, was second in 2020, and was third in 2019. So he's been on a tear 
of like being one of the best edge rushers in the NFL last year, unfortunately got hurt. So he's another guy we might even could mention for comeback player of the year. Um, but he is a guy that has just been super productive over his career and should, I, I see no reason for him to not be incredibly productive again in 2023. Yeah, he's been so productive the last couple of years. It's been ridiculous. Yeah. And his brother, TJ, you brought him up. JJ, dude, ridiculous. Yeah. If you look at his like peak seasons in, um, in Houston, it's unreal. Yeah. Like he, he leads like in terms of like sacks, sacks per game, tackles for loss, tackles for loss per game. Yeah. Like, he leads, like, I think, edge rushers in every category. Oh, yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. Yep. He's super good. Do you think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? J.J. Watt? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't, he should be. I don't, I don't, what, I don't know What do you think the consensus be? of opinion would be on I would that? say yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for J.J. Watt, like, he had a year where he almost won MVP. Yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know what, like, most people thought about him in his career. Yeah, what year I think was he, that? Was I it? think he should easily be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It was 2014 uh, where he almost won MVP. He had 20 and a half sacks, um, and he lost MVP to Aaron Rodgers that year, right? Yeah, yeah. It was Aaron Rodgers. That was Aaron Rodgers. And that, that's ridiculous to be in contention for the MVP as an edge rusher yeah. in the modern NFL. Yeah, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He won that three times. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he's a stud. Um, and TJ Watt is a stud as well, super productive. Um, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. I think that's a great pick. Oh, I yeah, love that. Absolutely. When he's fully healthy, it seems like a shoe. He's going to be a oh, shoe yeah. win. Um, and that's the thing. So, like, I feel like for defensive player of the year, it's kind of difficult unless you just have an incredible season for anybody other than an edge rusher. Yeah. To win the award, and so I feel like right now in the league there are four edge rushers that are kind of all in their own tier. And it's like that top tier, and we're going to talk about all four of them because yeah. I looked at yours and you had put two of them, so I was like, well, you know what? Might as well just put the other two. Yeah. And you can't go wrong. Yeah. And um, it's crazy how much talent there is at the edge rusher position in today's yeah. NFL. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It is insane. And that leads into my runner up. Yeah. The. Micah Parsons. Oh, absolutely. Um, it just seems like eventually Micah Parsons is going to win a Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah. I feel like at some point it's going to happen. For sure. Um, I'm not quite sure it's going to be this year, though, because there's another player that I think uh, another edge rusher that I think is extremely good as well. Um, but Micah Parsons has had a ridiculous start to his career. Um, like, as a rookie in 2021, he had 13 sacks. Um, last year he had 13 and a half. Um, he had 30 quarterback hits in, as a rookie, 26 last year. Um, he's been one of the best edge rushers in the NFL from the get-go. Yeah, it, He's just stupid good, um, and, it, and it won't surprise me whatsoever if he wins the award this year. Uh, but for me, I have him as a runner-up. Uh, we'll see where he finishes. Absolutely. All right, getting into my winner. So mine is Nick Bosa, edge rusher for the 49ers. Um, dude is just a stud and I think him and your winner who I'm sure most of our listeners can guess who that is if you know ball at all or even if you're just a casual fan yeah, you're just calling him out really, if, if, if you know, you know ball. ball yeah uh, so I feel like it's kind of like 1A 1B between Nick Bosa and your winner who we'll get to in a second and then it's like 2A 2B between Michael Parsons and TJ Watt um, but yeah Nick Bosa uh, he did win the award last year 
So it's sometimes a little difficult to win those awards twice in a year or t- uh, twice in a row. Excuse yeah. me. Very difficult to win those awards twice in a year. That's really hard. Borderline you know, impossible. You know, no one's ever done it. <laughs> Anyways, last year, Bosa had 18 and a half sacks, led the NFL in sacks. Uh, I mean, just had an insane year. And, you know, it's it's not going to stop. He's just going to keep keep going, you know. He's an incredibly talented pass rusher. Can make an argument that he's the best edge in the league. So Yeah. And he hasn't even reached his prime yet. Yeah, I mean, he's only 25. Yeah, it's So, crazy. like, he, his, like he, he'll be he, 26 in this upcoming season. He could possibly get better, which is yeah. ridiculous. Like, you, you mentioned had 18 and a half sacks last year. Uh, won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, and was very deserving. Had, he had a crazy year last year. So, I think that's a great pick. Um, like you, you mentioned that it's hard to win this award twice in a row. Uh, so... I'm not quite sure he'll win it again. Like, he'd probably have to be even better. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Now, for me, my winner is, as you can probably guess if you're listening, Miles Garrett, uh, edge rusher for the Cleveland Browns. He has also not won the award yet, like Micah Parsons, correct? Really? He hasn't won it has yet? Has he not won it? I don't think he's okay, won it. Okay, no, he hasn't won it yet. That's crazy. I thought he had won it. No, he hasn't won it yet. And I, I feel like his time's coming, too, like I mentioned with uh, Micah Parsons. Miles Garrett has been ridiculously productive in the NFL. Um, and I feel like people underrate just how good he's been. Like, I'm not quite sure people realize how dominant Miles Garrett is, but he is ridiculous. The last, let's see, I, that's five years, uh, going back to 2018, he has had double-digit sack totals each season. Yeah. Like, the consistency is crazy. Yeah, the only season he hasn't had double-digit sacks was his rookie year. And he... Only started nine games that year, and had and seven only played sacks. in eleven, and had seven sacks. Like this is a, a good rookie year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Miles Garrett is ridiculous. Um. And he's had sixteen sacks back to back in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, and I think that eventually he could get up there to eighteen sacks where Nick Bosa was last year. Yeah, I mean he could get into the twenties, maybe even twenty potentially. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just think he's a dominant pass rusher. And I think that at some point, it would not surprise me if he won the Defensive Player of the Year award. And that could be next year. And yeah. I've already mentioned that I'm higher on the Browns than a lot of people. Yeah. And that I think they could be good. Um, and if they're good next year, I think that Miles Garrett will be a huge part of that. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and get into my my sleepers for Defensive Player of the Year. And for for these two guys that I'm about to mention, they I hate that I even have to call them sleepers. Yeah, because they are two, they are probably the two best corners in the league. It's just you have to have a spectacular season at corner to win the award. Just because edge, I mean, there's so much talent at edge, and edge rushers fill up the stat sheet a little more than great corners typically. Uh, and so my two sleepers are Patrick Sertan. Um, of the Denver Broncos and Sauce Gardner of the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner last year as a rookie was arguably the best corner in the league, which is insane. Dude is phenomenal. I don't expect any drop-off from him. Patrick Sertan is also one of the best corners in the league. These two guys are probably going to be two of the best in the league for years to come because they're both super young. Um, I don't know exactly how old Pastor Tan is, but I think um So Tan Sauce should Gardner, be 23, 24? Yeah, right? let's see, let's see. 
Uh, I think so that's he right. is going to be 23 next season. Wow. Yeah, he'll be so like he's already 23, um, but he doesn't turn 24 until April. Okay. Um, and then Sauce is probably the same age, if I had to guess, right? I think he's a year younger. Okay, so he's about to be 23. Yeah. He'll be 23 in August. Yeah. So they're they're both going to be 23 this year. Yeah, and you mentioned that it's hard to win this award as a corner. The last corner to do it was Stephon Gilmore. And I think before that, it was um, Charles Woodson in 09. Okay. So, yeah. It's like did really Revis ever win it? Um, no, he did not. Wow. He did not win it. Even in the in that one crazy year he had, which I think was 04 or 07. I can't remember off the top of my head. No, it wouldn't have been because he, he didn't get drafted till 07. Okay, so. So it was like, I mean, because it was like early 2010s when he had okay. that like really crazy Sorry, year. I'm just losing my mind then. It's um, okay. But yeah, like he had a year where he had 31 passes defended. Yeah. Um, and he didn't win it that year. So yeah, that was oh nine. That was oh nine, and he came in second for defensive player of the year. Okay, yeah. It's, so it's it's really difficult. Like it's incredibly difficult to win this award as a corner. You have to be really good. But okay, so he lost the award in oh nine to Charles Woodson. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Cool. Charles cool. Woodson had a crazy oh nine. What did he do? I mean, he had nine picks, um, three defensive touchdowns. Wow. Well, that's actually just interceptions returned for touchdowns. I can't even see, like, full defensive touchdowns. But, yeah, he was insane and had 18 passes defended, which Darrell had 31, which is pretty crazy. But still, like, nine picks is going to get you the award. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'll go ahead and and, uh, name my sleepers. Yeah. I think my sleepers are more fit the sleeper bill more than Patrick Chetan and South Gardner. Uh, I'll get started with Jalen Phillips, a guy I am ridiculously high on. Oh, dude, you've loved him since the day he was, like, coming out of Miami. Bro, if, if like, I will always ride or die for Jalen Phillips. Um, if there are no Jalen Phillips fans in this world, I'm dead. Yeah. So, Truly. yeah. Love this man. But last year he had a really good year, was one of the more uh, productive pass rushers in the NFL. Um, he's improving as a run defender. Yeah, he's not an elite pass rusher yet, uh, but he's getting there. He's young, super super good athlete. I think if he continues to develop the way he's been developing, um, I think he could get there, and, and we'll see. And if he does, if he does continue to develop as a pass rusher and run defender, he could reach a defensive player of the year uh, levels, in my opinion. Um, but it may, it, may, it may take a little bit more time, so maybe he isn't contending for this award next season, but I could definitely see him doing it down the road. And my next sleeper pick uh, is Roquan Smith, a linebacker for the Ravens. He changed, like, legitimately transformed the Ravens' defense last year. Oh, yeah. I think we were just talking about it on the AFC episode, about how awful they were until they traded for him, and then they became, like, a top-ten defense. Yeah, like, their defense was one of the worst in the NFL for the first, like, half the season. Um, And then they traded for him around the deadline, I believe, and their defense immediately became a top-10 defense. Um, And so it's going to be really hard to win this award as a linebacker, but um, the impact that Roquan Smith had last year is just mind-blowing. And if he can replicate that, and if he can anchor a top-10 defense and be super productive, I think he could be in that conversation. Just 
the impact is crazy. Yeah, it's just so hard as a linebacker. Because, I mean, we're talking about Roquan Smith as a sleeper, and he's one of the best linebackers in the league. He's probably the best linebacker in the AFC. I would say Fred Warner, to me, probably has a little bit of an edge over him and just best linebacker in the league. Um, but Roquan Smith is a phenomenal linebacker, and we're talking about him like he's a sleeper, yeah. which, I mean, same thing with, like, the corners. That's just how, like, Defensive Player of the Year is now. It's, like, just feels like an edge award unless you have an insane corner season. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, that's all our picks for the Defensive Player of the Year award. Are you ready to move on to the Comeback Player of the Year? Oh, yeah. This is the fun award to me. This yeah, this is, is really fun. This uh, is one of my favorite ones to predict. For this one, we, we just did a, win, a winner in sleepers. We didn't do a runner-up. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we both have the same winner. So you yeah, can go ahead and introduce our winner for this award. All right. So essentially, there's this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Damar Hamlin, who had a incredibly terrifying injury last year for the Buffalo Bill for the Buffalo Bills and just it's a miracle honestly that he's still alive and I think Ryan and I both know if he steps on that football field at all next year he's gonna win comeback player of the year honestly even if he doesn't even if he just participates in team activities he's probably gonna win comeback player of the year so we both have that because there's just no feasible way for our other guys to win it. And that's why we have, I think we each have three sleepers that we want to talk about just because they're not going to win the award just because DeMar Hamlin exists. Um, but in any other year, they had they would have good chances. You have a sleeper. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for you to name him. Uh, okay. I'll go ahead and name my first sleeper. Okay. Uh, and that's Brees Hall. So, Brees Hall had an incredible rookie season. Like, he was awesome and then towards ACL which sucks because I loved him so much as a prospect but he was super productive while he was on the field averaged over 90 yards from from scrimmage per game um when he was on the field as a rookie just super productive so I think um next year playing and what should be a much better offense now that Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets he could be very productive and it's not like they have a ton of talent in their skill positions they have Garrett Wilson and other than that, it's not great. Um, they do have, like, uh, Alan Lazard is still there. Corey Davis is still there. Um, so there's some talent, but not not a lot and not, not, not enough to make me believe that Brees Hall cannot be super productive um, in his first season coming back from a torn ACL. But that is something. Like, he is coming back from a torn ACL. So who knows? Maybe the production won't be there. But if it is, I think... Um, and, and, if, and if he, and if DeMar Hamlin, you know, obviously doesn't step foot on the football f- field, um, Brees Hall could win the award. Now you can name your first sleeper. Oh gosh, I know you're so ready for this. You hate this. Anyways, let's just get it out of the way. It's Deshaun Watson. Say what you will about the man. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't even, like, I don't think that Deshaun Watson's necessarily an innocent man. I'm not even trying to say that. But he is now playing football again. He has served his suspension. He did his time. <laughs> if you will. Okay, let's let's get into it a little bit. Cause if we go back to 2020, the last full season that Deshaun Watson played before all of the drama went down. I mean, there was First, it started with he didn't want to play with the Texans anymore, and he was, like, holding out. And then it 
obviously went into all these legal troubles that he's found himself in. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you have obviously been living under a rock. You can look it up. Deshaun Watson has been in severe legal trouble, but he served, I think, I mean, he, he missed an entire year of football and then served what? A 11 games. 11 game suspension. Yeah. Whatever. Um, 2020 Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback in the NFL. You can argue with a wall. He was great. 4,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns to seven picks, 70% completion percentage. He was phenomenal in 2020 on a terrible team. I mean, they went four and 12. He is on the Browns. I know last year was rough, but I mean, he was suspended for 11 games. Couldn't really like work out with the team. Dude just came in and kind of had to do what he had to do. Now he has a full off season with the Browns, some more chemistry with his teammates. I could see him having a really good year again. I mean, I would, I would love to see Deshaun Watson return to form. Um, hopefully, the legal issues are behind him now. Um, not trying to excuse what he did, but man, he's a good football player. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess they said the same thing about Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, this boy. Is, is, is funny to me because I think this is actually like a solid non Demar Hamlin pick. Yeah, but like, there's no shot that voters would ever vote for Deshaun Watson. Okay, though, like. Like even like I think even if you like legitimately like one MVP like I don't think they vote for him maybe not but also when you consider what the comeback player of the year is award is for I think the description is it's just player, a player coming back from adversity yeah so like I mean that's what adversity is, what is <laughs> just think about it what is Deshaun Watson coming back from being accused of Sexual, sexually assaulting masseuses and sucking at football. Yeah, like if he won this award, it would just be like, like hilariously stupid. Yeah, he's coming back from adversity because of himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it would just be very ironic if he won this award. It would be. It would be. All right, your next guy is actually would be my favorite. If not for Demar Hamlin, I just I didn't put him on my list because I wanted to get some variety. Yeah. But the next guy you're about to talk about would be the favorite to me if Demar Hamlin did not exist. Yeah. And the next guy on my list is Calvin Ridley, receiver for the Jaguars. Missed a season due to gambling, which has become a pretty big problem for the NFL. Yeah. Funny enough, um, he actually spent missed more time uh, for gambling than Deshaun Watson did for being accused by like over 20 women uh, of sexual assault. Crazy. Crazy. Crazy move, NFL. Uh, but yeah, Calvin Ridley is gonna, going to be playing in a pretty good offense next next season uh, with Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback in Jacksonville. If he can, you know, get back to form um, and get back to the way he was playing in Atlanta prior to his suspension, he can be pretty incredible because he was on his way to becoming a star in the NFL with the Falcons. He's super talented, um, was super productive in Atlanta, and he's playing with an up-and-coming superstar in Trevor Lawrence, yeah. a guy who is, in my opinion, on track to becoming an elite quarterback and one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, and it's not like they have a ton of other receiving threats on that team. I mean, he could 
easily step in day one and be the wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. And, and that's going to make him super will. productive. Uh, especially all the buzz you're hearing from training camp is that, like, Calvin Ridley is just a dude. He's just killing everybody in training camp. Dude, I completely forgot, like, how old he was. Yeah, I mean, Because he was an old rookie. He was 24 as a rookie. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. because he's going into his, like, he'll be 29 during the season. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's pretty crazy to me because he still feels like a young, quote unquote, young player. Yeah. Just because he's only has four seasons under his belt. To me, it feels like he's like 26. Yeah. But oh, well, not. that's how old he should be. He has four seasons under his belt. Yeah. But crazy. yeah, he's about to be like, if he's not 29 already, he's going to be 29. Yeah. So he's 28 and he'll be 29 in December. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Who's your next sleeper? All right. So my. Next guy is, let him cook, Russell Wilson. Uh, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, kind of, well, oh gosh, I was about to say kind of similar to Deshaun Watson, but not in that <laughs> not, way. Not, not, in some ways, very not like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> in the way of his adversity is that he sucked at football last year. That's like Geno Smith last year. Yeah. No disrespect to Geno. He was great. But, like, he won the award and the adversity he faced was that he was just not good at football. Yeah, the adversity was that he was never good. <laughs> uh, with Russ... He has been good before. It's not like he's having a going to have to have a breakout season at age 35. Uh, for Ru- Gosh, that's kind of crazy that Russ is 35. Dang. Is that crazy to you? Yeah, that is crazy. He was also an old rookie. He came into the league at 24. Like He was 24 as a rookie. And if he has another bad season, get the retirement home ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Russ has been a top 10, top, I mean, borderline top five quarterback for a majority of his career until last year, his first season with the Denver Broncos, they have a stacked team. There's so much hype. Oh man, Denver's going to, Denver could come out of the AFC. They might make some noise in the AFC and they absolutely sucked. They went four and 11. Um, Russ was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He had 16 touchdowns to 11 picks, uh, only 60% completion percentage. He was just very bad. Last year, and I th- I think that a lot of that could have s- have to do with their head coach, who is Nathaniel Hackett. And if we're being real here, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because not this off season that we're in, but the last off season there was some talk about potentially the Packers moving Aaron Rodgers, and so they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they hoped that Aaron Rodgers would go to the Broncos. And then when it was obvious that Aaron Rodgers was just going to stay with the Packers. They had to go after another veteran, and they went for Russell Wilson, which seemed like a good move until he was awful. <laughs> um, and again, I think a lot of that could have to do with Nathaniel Hackett's play calling. Um, but now we're in a phase where Russell Wilson's not really going to have an excuse anymore. It's He's with Sean Payton, who's one of the greatest coaches that we've seen in the last you know 20 years. And he, I'm like, it's go time. If you got anything left in the tank, this is going to be the year. So I think he has a really good chance to maybe bounce back to form. Um, not going to win comeback player of the year because Demar Hamlin exists, as we've said. But without Demar Hamlin, he's he's in contention for sure. Yeah, I think he's in contention as well. Um, and you 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 mentioned last year they tried to let him cook, and he cooked up like some 
uh, like elementary school cafeteria food. Yeah, it was man. not good. Hey, they, don't sleep on it. The though. cooking was was not very good. Uh, but yeah, I think I think under new head coach Sean Payton, he could be really really good. Yeah. But he also like. Um, th- there were a lot of veteran quarterbacks who struggled last season who were dealing with issue with like external issues, um, whether that be injury like for Matthew Stafford or off the field stuff like with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, and with Russell Wilson, he wasn't dealing with any of that. Um, he kind of just looked like he was just worse at football. Yeah. So I am worried that maybe he just isn't. He's just regressed. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just regressed, which is natural. He's thirty five. Like. Yeah. Maybe this is just the end of the road. For Russell Wilson, or perhaps he, he has a bounce back season, and in that case, I think he could uh, be in contention for this award. So I like that pick. Because I mean, like even in twenty twenty one, his last year with Seattle, he wasn't like great. I mean, he was good. He had thirty one hundred passing yards. Um, he only started fourteen games for some reason. He must have had an injury. Excuse me. Um, had twenty five touchdowns and six picks, which is a really good ratio. Uh, but the, like the year before was one of the. Uh, it was like the year where at the the first half of the season in 2020, it was like, ooh, this could be MVP. Russ's MVP year, and then he fell off. Uh, but they, I mean, 4,200 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, and 13 picks, pretty solid year. So, I mean, we'll see if he can ever get back to that, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah, and my last sleeper is a guy who, gosh, mm. I was ridiculously high. And I, like I say I, literally everyone was ridiculously oh, high yeah. on uh, prior to the 2020 draft, and that's Chase Young, who's had a pretty disappointing career. Not all his fault. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Had a solid rookie season in 2020 with seven and a half sacks and ten tackles for loss, um, but has dealt with a lot of injuries uh, since then. Um, in 2021, he played just nine games, and in 2022, he played just three games. So he's played 27 games throughout his short career, um, and, and only has nine sacks. Um, and Washington is not picking up his fifth-year option, um, which is shocking considering how good he was in college, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries. You can't blame him. Um, I'm hoping that the talent finally shows again and that he can stay healthy, play a full season, because if he can, I think he can be like one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. We just haven't been able to see that because of injuries. Uh, which is unfortunate. Um, so I don't think Chase Young is a great sleeper pick. Um, I think it's more likely than not that he isn't go- going to have a bounce back year and be great. Uh, but he is a guy that I think it could happen. Um, and if if he does stay healthy, we could see his production uh, take a big jump. And maybe that's good enough for him to be in contention for the comeback player of the year award. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my my last of our comeback player of the year players is Rashawn Gary uh, the edge rusher for the Green Bay Packers last year unfortunately in the middle of the season tore his ACL derailed what was looking like a decent season for him had six sacks um, through nine games and so he's going to be bouncing back from an ACL injury this season and before 2022 I think in man, I think in 21 don't quote me on this, but I think he led the league in pressures. Or at least was like, I know he was top five in the league in like pressures. Yeah, he, he was top five. I think he, he, I, he definitely wasn't number one, okay. but he was top five. He was very point. high. I think he was he was top five. I know that. He was top five in pressures uh, in the NFL. So he's been a very promising um, 
pass rusher for several years. Unfortunately, last year it felt like um, maybe this is going to be the breakout year. Unfortunately, tore his ACL in early November and was done for the year. So hopefully maybe this year we see a bounce-back season from him. Um, we can see finally see if he can have a double-digit sack season. Yeah, hopefully. I'm a huge fan of Rashawn Gary. Have been for a few years. Seeing him get hurt last year sucked. I've got all the Rashawn Gary stock. It's all, oh, it's, yeah. it's all with me. Um, oh, there's yeah. none available. Sorry, guys. Uh, y'all miss your chance. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I love Rashawn Gary, and I, I love this pick. Hopefully he can stay healthy because when he was healthy, he was dominant the oh, last yeah. time we saw him. All right, let's get into our second-to-last award coach of the year do you want to start with the sleepers or you want to just go ahead into our winners what do you want to do i figure we'll start with the sleepers because okay. with this one we only have sleepers and a winner yeah, same yeah. similar to the the comeback player of the year um so I'll, I'll go ahead and start with my sleepers for coach of the year um and both of these guys are in the same division in football that is the nfc south which is one of the weaker divisions in the NFL this year. And that is actually why I have them listed as coach of the year, as sleepers for coach of the year. And that is Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and Frank Reich, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Carolina and New Orleans are both in positions where they could probably be better than they should be just because they're in a weaker division. And I know you also have a guy in your in your sleepers that from the same division, I'm sure it's for the same reason because it's just a weak division this year. Um, and especially with Dennis Allen, I think he has more of a chance than Frank Reich. Frank Reich's more of like a deep sleeper. Um, but with Dennis Allen, like they have a pretty solid team. I mean, Derek Carr coming in at quarterback, you have, if Michael Thomas is healthy, he's a great receiver. If he can come back to form, Chris Olave showed so much as a rookie last year. Obviously, Kamara apparently is not going to get suspended, so he's going to be there. Jamal Williams. I mean, they just have a good roster, and they should, to me, pretty easily win the NFC South. So I could see Dennis Allen maybe getting some Coach of the Year looks just because he hasn't really done a lot, and he has a chance to you know have a winning season. Uh, and then with Frank Reich as well, I mean, Carolina was bad last year. That I mean, they were able – to trade up to the number one pick because they were bad and they have a lot of assets. Um, and so it, you all you see a lot of Coach of the Year awards when a coach comes in and takes a really bad team and improves them a lot. You saw it with like Kevin Stefanski when he came to the Browns his first year. He won Coach of the Year because they were a terrible team and then all of a sudden they were in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. And so I could see something similar with Frank Reich, maybe not quite to like, oh, he's in the playoffs, but I, I think that that's my deep sleeper at least. Yeah, I love those picks. I actually thought about listing Dennis Allen as one of my sleepers. I think that's an excellent pick. I think the Saints are probably going to win the NFC South. Um, they have a really good team, a really talented roster, and they could win double-digit games. Yeah. Um, and I think that could potentially put him in contention for the award. So I like that pick a lot. And you mentioned like coaches that have taken really bad teams and, and improved them a lot in one year. Those kind of coaches tend to be up for this award. We saw a guy like that last year um, in Brian Dable with yeah. the Giants, who actually won the award. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good pick. Uh, for, for my first sleeper, I picked Robert Sala for the uh, New yeah. York Jets. 
Um, they have Aaron Rodgers now, and if Aaron Rodgers can play like like he's you know shown and can play when fully healthy and when surrounded by good NFL talent, um, he can play at an MVP level. Um, he won back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021, I believe. That's correct? Yes, um, correct. And then, like, uh, they have Garrett Wilson who's coming into his second season who was awesome as a rookie. He'll have Brees Hall back. He already has one of the top defenses in the NFL. Um, this team could be really good. Oh, yeah. Um, and they honestly should be really good. They had no business winning as many games as they did last year. They just had a phenomenal defense. Yeah. So, so. like, if their offense steps it up and can, you know, not match what their defense is going to do because yeah. their defense is going to be insane. But if their offense can be, like, pretty good um, and at least – Even if, they're de- if their offense can be an average offense, like – they yeah. should be a good team. Yeah, they should be a, a pretty good team and can potentially win double-digit games. And in that case, I think he'll be up for the award. My other sleeper was Arthur Smith. If you're listening to this podcast, yes, I am saying something good about Arthur Smith. It's rare. Clip this. Screen record it. <laughs> it's happening. Um, but yeah, I think the Falcons... I feel like I'm pretty high on the Falcons, I guess. Like, I just don't think they're going to be bad. Like, if they're terrible, I'd be kind of surprised. Uh, just because... I think their defense is going to be a lot better. I think their run game should be incredible. If their run game, that's the one thing I'm most confident about this team. Their run game yeah. should be amazing. And we talked about it a little earlier with B. John Robinson. I mean, one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. And on top of that, they have B. John Robinson. They have Tyler Algier, who was at a thousand yard rusher last year. And they have Cordero Patterson, who's one of the better receiving backs in the league. Yeah. And I think this team. Um, is good. I think there's a cap on how good they can be, but I could easily see them winning the division and even overperforming like the Giants did last year. I think this Falcons team is built similarly, to, similarly to the Giants. Oh yeah. But I think they're even better. Yeah. Um, I think their roster is better. Um, and so I could see them over overperforming a lot and having a pretty good record. Um, and in that case, I think Arthur Smith would be up for the award. Um, so I think he, I, I really like Arthur Smith as a sleeper pick. Yeah, that's very solid. All right, so I'll, I'll go ahead and get into my winner for Coach of the Year. It's a shocker. Yeah, I know. If you've heard me talk about this team's quarterback before, you know how much I love him. So I'll go ahead and give some love to the coach as well, Andy Reid. I have Andy Reid as my Coach of the Year. And honestly, for the very reason that I just talked about, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I think he will be every year until he dies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there's a non-Patrick Mahomes best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is dead. Yeah. He's I, not alive. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Andy Reid is just, he's been a great head coach. Another one of those guys, like I said, with Sean Payton, one of the best head coaches of the last 20 years. Um, yeah. I mean, he's going to, he, he's got Mahomes, man. He's got Mahomes. It's, there's nothing more to say. Yeah. Like, they're going to be a great team. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be awesome. They have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they have – that's really that's really it. Like, their defense – I mean, Kelsey. They have Mahomes and Kelsey. That's yeah. all they need. And a great offensive line. Yeah. Mahomes, Kelsey, and a great offensive line, Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, their defense was just average last year, and their, and their pass catchers were not that great. Um, and they still won the championship. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like this pick a lot, and I I, my, I feel like we both went a similar route with yeah. our with our winners. I picked Nick Sirianni, head coach for the Eagles. 
I think the Eagles are the best team in the league, the best roster. For sure, um, yeah. I would I, I would agree with that. It's yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that I that I think that I would pick the Eagles to beat the Chiefs in no. a game. Uh, just because Patrick Mahomes is that good. But just looking at the roster from top to bottom, I think it's the best in the league. And this is like one of the better rosters I can ever remember. I mean, it's ridiculously good. Um, like they're one of the better teams I, I've seen in recent memory. Um, they're just super good. They have an MVP caliber quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Um, he he was up for the MVP award last year. They have two like insanely talented receivers in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. AJ Brown really elite. Um, and Devontae Smith was super productive last year. Uh, I think he was more productive than people realize. They also have an elite offensive line. Uh, they're going to have a good run game because they got DeAndre Swift in the offseason, and they got uh, the Rashad running— Penny. Yeah, Rashad Penny, running back from the Seahawks. And their defense is elite. Uh, they didn't lose too many pieces on defense. So I think they're going to be extremely good next year, and they could win a ton of games. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they won, like, 14 games next season. They are that good. And if they do do that, I think I think Nick Sirianni would be— in a strong contention for this award. Yeah, that's very solid. All right, let's get into it. Final award, man. MVP. And this MVP. time we go back to the uh, to the runner-up, winner, sleeper yeah. format. Yeah. The, how do you want to start it? You want to start Let, off yeah, two? Let's, ju- I let's think, just I talk about go, let's run- just talk about our runner-up. Yeah, runner-up. Yeah. And yeah. we have the same runner-up actually. Oh yeah, we do. We do. Um. Well, you kind of have a one A one B for your winner. Okay, we all know who number one is, okay? Right. The real number one. Yeah, so, so we have the same winner, I guess, and we also have the same quote-unquote runner-up, but you have another guy you want to talk about for winner as well. And the reason why is because I just felt, there, it, it felt unfair to name the real winner, so I was like, let's choose a non-this person. Okay, sure, yeah. So both of our number two is Josh Allen. Yeah. I, I don't know what much there is to say. He's been phenomenal. He's on a great team, a great supporting cast. Every year he puts up MVP caliber numbers. It's just, can he get over the hump? And like, I mean, the turnovers need to come down a little bit. But I mean, he's an MVP caliber player every year. Yeah, and it feels like he's been underrated, like heavily. I mean, it's kind of crazy. He's he's a phenomenal player, um, just so good as a passer and a rusher. I think people, I don't know why people don't like him. I guess the interceptions are a little are a little high, but it's not ridiculous or anything. Like his interception rates are not crazy. Um, well, it's also like as a rusher too, he's insane. Yeah, I mean, completion like, percentage is low, but the last two years he's had over seven hundred and fifty rushing yards and you know multiple touchdowns. Like he's had over five rushing touchdowns every single year of his career. Yeah. And almost had 10 in 2019. And in the last three years, he's had two seasons with a QBR over 70. Um, And if you don't know what QBR is, QBR is like an EPA or expected points added based metric um, that takes into account everything involved in quarterback play, passing, rushing, turnovers, penalties. um, And it puts... The production on a on a zero to one hundred scale, where fifty is average, and so if you're in like seventies, great. If you're in the seventies, that's a really strong season. That's like an MVP caliber season. Um, and if you you're in the eighties, that's like an all time great season. I'm not sure how many quarterbacks have actually done that. 
Um, so in two of the last three years, he's had a QBR over 70, which is impress like super impressive. Yeah, like 2020, 70, almost 77. Which is insane. Wild. I mean, 4,500 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah, I think people get too caught up in like playoff performance. And yeah. Like, if you're not winning rings, we hate you. And it, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Um, like, Josh Allen's awesome. Uh, really good passer. Great runner. One of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, in 2020, he came in second. MVP just lost to Aaron Rodgers, who had an insane season that year. Yeah, and, and like I said, like, there there are some things to, to nitpick him on. Like, the interceptions are a little high, but I don't think it's anything crazy. And his completion percentage is low, but... Um, Completion percentage honestly isn't that important. Um, like there are there are quarterbacks who have had all time great seasons without very impressive completion percentages. Um, so if you're if you're attempting like a lot of very difficult throws, your completion percentage is probably not going to be high. Um, there are better metrics to look at to measure uh, accuracy than completion percentage. Um, but yeah, and like even if you wanted to be like a caveman stat watcher. Look at the Q, and you can look at the QB record, and he's won double-digit games the last four seasons. Yeah. So, like, even if you wanted to be, like, a wins merchant, like, he's been winning. Like, the, the Bills have had an elite offense the last couple of years because Josh Allen is doing everything, and he's been great at it. Yeah. Like, Josh Allen's awesome, um, and I think he, he will be in contention for the MVP award once again. Okay, let's, That's my Josh Allen yeah. rant. Thank there you. we go. Thank you. I think let's go ahead and talk about the GOAT, and then you can talk about your guy that you wanted to to yeah. talk about, kind of include in there. Um, Patrick Mahomes, man. Mahomes, I, that's my, like, winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, he's like he's like the pick you make every yeah. year. I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I've had a single year where we've done this where I didn't say Patrick Mahomes was going to win MVP. Um, so... For, I mean, we were just talking about QBR. You were like, I don't know how many quarterbacks have had a QBR of 80-plus. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is one of those people. Who has? Yeah, well, uh, Lamar 20, did it in 2019. I okay, yeah. 2018, Patrick Mahomes, his first year he won MVP with 5,000 passing yards, 50 touchdowns to 12 picks. Insane, first of all. 80.3 QBR. Followed up the next season with a 77 and, and like almost 78 QBR, then had 78 again, had a quote unquote down year in 2021 with 62, and then last year had almost 78 again. Like, yeah. dude's insane. Unreal. There, there's, I think it's uh, eight players. There's nine individual seasons with a QBR of 80. Um, Breeze did it twice, Manning did it twice, Mahomes did it once um david gerard did it once with the jaguars in 07 uh tom brady did it in 07 and um yeah like, uh aaron Rodgers did it in 11 peyton manning did it in 06 and 09 and breeze did it in 11 and 09 dang man it's so, crazy yeah, it's like rare rare uh rare levels of play yeah. so i mean this would be mahomes's third mvp in seven years yeah, back to back. It would, it would be, it would back, be to back, back to back MVPs in his third in seven years. Well, actually, his third in six years because he didn't play his rookie year. Yeah. So his third in six years. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, essentially, he kind of won MVP. I mean, I was about to say he won MVP as a rookie, but not really. He won MVP as a first year starter. Yeah. In 2018, I mean, dude's just insane. He's insane. And that's why I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. That's why I have Andy Reid as Coach of the Year. That's why I have Mahomes as. MVP. Yeah. Dude's insane. 
Simple case. He's the best yeah. quarterback in the league. Um, Simple case. Legitimately, like the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah. Let's go ahead crazy. and let's go ahead and talk about Joe Burr. Yeah, we got to talk about Joe Burrow, like the people's champ. Everyone yeah. loves Joe Burrow. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not Myself saying that's included. wrong. Joe Burrow is great, but yeah, um, if Mahomes doesn't win it, I feel like Joe Burrow would be the guy to win it. Um, he was awesome last year. Um, has become one of the best passers in the NFL. Yeah. Just ridiculously good player. Um, and it seems like the media really likes Joe Burrow. So if Mahomes isn't playing, isn't like the MVP favorite. I think that Joe Burrow would be the would be the favorite in that case. Yeah. Just because the media seems to like him a lot. The media gives him a lot of credit for the Bengals making the Super Bowl in 2022? 2021? I mean, it was the 2022 Super Bowl, technically, but the 21 season. Okay, yeah, in the 2021 season. They give him a lot of credit for that. Um, and, and people just seem to like Joe Burrow a lot. Um, and a lot more than Josh Allen, so I think if Mahomes isn't winning it, it's probably Joe Burrow who's yeah. winning it. Fair enough, yeah. I, I completely agree to, with you. Let's uh, let's get into some sleepers. I really only have one guy, so I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about a couple years because I know you have a, a few guys that you want to talk about. Yeah, and, and I'll go through them quickly. Um, some other sleepers, and these are all quarterbacks because the MVP is yeah. like a quarterback. Yeah, my sleeper is also a quarterback. And I will say, like my sleeper is like kind of a deep sleeper. Oh yeah. My mine is kind of a deep sleeper. Yours are kind of guys that are like on the verge of like or or guys who have either previously won MVP or like on the verge of like becoming elite quarterbacks. Yeah, so my guy so my I had three sleepers. One of them Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he he's been awesome. People he's another guy that people are underrating. Awesome player has yeah. already played at an MVP level a few years ago. Um I don't think he was like you know, getting votes for the MVP award necessarily, but the numbers were just ridiculous. Um, and the Chargers have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. I think they're going to be throwing the ball downfield a lot more. Uh, they have a extremely talented offense with Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Quentin Johnston. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball downfield a ton, and I think his numbers are going to be ridiculous. Um, I think he is a oh. great pick for MVP outside of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. He actually su- surprisingly has gotten uh, MVP votes. He did? Okay. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it was last year, which was like statistically his really? worst season. No way. He, he came was in, not that good last year. He came in ninth for MVP last okay. year, so he did get votes. Yeah, that's that's crazy because last year he did have a down year, like admittedly. He yeah. did have a down year, so that's crazy, but... Yeah, I think Justin Herbert's numbers are going to look better next year. Uh, maybe the completion percentage is lower because he's probably going to be throwing the ball downfield a lot more. I hope more. so. He needs to. Yeah, and, and if that's the case, I think th- I think his production is going to be ridiculous. Another sleeper I had is Trevor Lawrence. Um, showed a lot of improvement from his rookie year to his second season last year. Um, he's just getting really good at small things like, you know, pocket awareness, pocket movement decision making things that may be underrated by some people he's getting really good at um from his first year to his second year he got a lot uh, a lot better at um keeping the football out of harm's way not making bad decisions um his his interception rate was super low last year his pressure to sack rate was super low um and his numbers were just a lot better overall 
Um, he's also a pretty good rusher. Not an elite rusher, but I think last year he was top 10 in rushing yards in rushing yards per game among quarterbacks. So you're getting a little bit of mobility from him as well. Um, I think as the offense improves with guys like Calvin Ridley, and as he you know continues to develop, he could become an MPP caliber player like a lot quicker than we realize. Um, may, maybe it's not next year, but um, at some point down the road, he is going to get MPP votes. I'm very confident in that. And then we got Lamar Jackson, a guy who has been heavily criticized over the years for his playoff performance. Um, somewhat, you know, deserved, um, in my opinion. I think like, the production in the playoffs has been really bad from him. Um, and I, I do think he gets overhated sometimes, and I think people like to focus on what he doesn't do or what he can't do rather on what he does do because he is a ridiculously talented football player. Um, and now this year he's gonna have a he's gonna be throwing the ball a lot more. They have a new a new offensive coordinator. Uh, what's his name? Todd Monken. Yeah, Todd Monken, coming from uh, the University of Georgia. Yeah, so I think they're gonna be throwing the ball a lot more. And now he has a, a pretty solid receiving core with yeah. Mark Andrews, who is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You have uh, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Zay Flowers. So, and, and then you have J.K. Dobbins, a good offensive line. So I think their offense is going to be really, really good next year. And if um, they're throwing the ball a lot more, I think his numbers are going to be even better. And he could potentially, keyword, potentially have a season that is similar to what he did in 2019. Um, now, that's a very high bar and that a bar that he probably won't reach. But I do think that his production is going to be a lot better next year. Um, and I think he can be back in MVP conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so here's my sleeper, my deep sleeper. That is um, Tua Tungavaloa, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Last year, I think surprised a lot of people. His first year in Mike McDaniel's new offense, I mean, they put up numbers last year. It was insane. Tua, despite only playing in 13 games due to injury, um, threw for 3,500 yards passing. For, I think, a long stretch of the season, he was leading the league in passing yards until he got hurt. Yeah. Um, 25 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Very good numbers and for only playing 13 games. I mean, he was on pace for probably around 30 touchdowns and 10 picks. It was a very, I mean, it's very solid. Um, they have... They just have a really good offense. I mean, he has Tyreek Hill, who we already talked about for Offensive Player of the Year, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Jalen Waddell, who's turning into one of the best young receivers in the NFL. He was phenomenal last year. Um, they have uh, a, a very solid offensive line for him to work with. They were able to draft Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M. They also still have, you know um, – What's the guy's name? He used to play for San Francisco. Not Breda, the other one. Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Sorry. And they have Jeff Wilson, who also yeah, Jeff used to Wilson play for the 49ers. And Raheem Mostert. Hey, if you're playing the grids, the grid games. Oh, yeah. Dude, those guys, if you ever get Dolphins, 49ers. Yeah. Those, those are my guys. Those are solid. Very solid. Um, And, I mean, there's still talks about them signing Dalvin Cook, so that would be even crazier. No. I just think he's in a very good position with the offense that he's in and the players around him to have lots of success. And 
it, I mean, it's a long shot because there's so many good quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. But if he, I mean, if everything lines up right for him next year, he could be in talks for MVP. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, he, he I mean, was the, in conversation last yeah. year. Yeah, well, and the main thing that has to line up is that he has to stay healthy. He yeah. has to play for a full season. He has to, you know, just be able to be on the field. Yeah, I do worry that maybe his production was a little bit as a result of, like, the system and the yeah, offense. Yeah, but, I mean, the system's not changing. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. My my <laughs> my point there isn't that he, sh- that he won't be up for the uh, MVP, is that maybe he isn't an actual MVP caliber player, so maybe it will, it will be hard to replicate. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's a great pick for a sleeper. I like that a lot. I thought he was playing at an MVP level last year before he got hurt, uh, which was huge because he, he was kind of struggling to start off his career. Yeah. So I like that pick a lot. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything, any comments before we close this thing out? No, man, not that I can think of, man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I really enjoyed this pod. That was a lot of fun. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, I would greatly appreciate it if you left us a review. That would help us out a lot. But yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, can't wait for the NFL season. And once again, hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.